This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. David Amelach King David wrote the book of Tehillim, most of the, most of the Psalms of Tehillim. And today we have a few very important, beautiful Psalms we're going to discuss. One of them is Psalm 25. Psalm 25 discuss, this is a Psalm that Sephardim uh, especially do every single day, every single day of the year. In fact, twice a day, Shacharit and Mincha, we say this psalm, it's part of Nefilat Apayim, which is the prayer straight after the Shmona Esrei, on days that there is Tachanun. So straight after Tachanun, we say the psalm of Psalm 25, So I just want to read it to you in English, and then we will explain it, we'll, we'll go and explain it. Uh, so number one, it says, the first word is the David. And this way we know exactly who wrote it. So it's a, so it's a psalm. The first word is the David, for David. And here in this psalm, David sincerely repents his sins. That's the connection between this psalm and Vidui and Tachalun. He's repenting his sins. He's seeking nearness to Hashem. And he's seeking being saved from all his troubles. He talks about Hashem's kindness and Hashem's assistance to those that strive towards Hashem. Hashem is, uh, David is praying not just for himself, but it's a general prayer for everyone who seeks Hashem. So this is a prayer that applies to every single human being that's seeking God. This is a beautiful psalm. We say twice a day, so important. And it starts off with the word David, and it also goes right through the Aleph Bet. So the verses start with Aleph, Bet, Gimel. They go through the order of Aleph, Bet, with the exception of one or two minor uh, exceptions, which we're going to talk about. And uh, the reason for those are interesting. So it starts off by David. The psalm is by David. He wrote it himself. To you, Hashem, I lift up my soul. To Hashem, to you, God, I lift up my soul. My God, in you I have trusted. Let me not be ashamed. So the, a person trusts in God. Everyone knows they trust in God. And then when God does not come through for them, that person is ashamed that their trust in God is shamed. It's a chidul Hashem. And David HaMelech is praying, Hashem, I trust in you. Everyone knows it. Let not my enemies exult over me. So if I lose a battle, if I lose a war, if I'm in trouble, my enemies are going to start having fun at my expense. And they'll say that God did not come through for me. Also, he says, let none, let none who hope in, my, in, in you be shamed. Anyone who hopes in you, Hashem, anyone who hopes in you, David is praying for all humanity, anyone who hopes in God should not be ashamed. A person who hopes in God should not be ashamed. Hashem should come through for everyone who hopes in them. That's the power of this psalm, which we say every day, twice a day. We're praying for everyone who trusts in God that Hashem should come through for them. That those who betray without cause be shamed. Those who betray me, they should be ashamed. Your ways, Hashem, make known to me. Teach me your ways, your paths. Lead me in your truth and accustom me. For you are the God of my salvation. To you I have hoped all the days. So Hashem is the one I trust in from my youth until now. David Amar says, please don't let me down. And not just, no, let me down. Don't let anyone who trusts you down. 
Remember your mercy, Hashem, and your kindnesses, for they have always been. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellions. You must just remember the good parts. Hashem, remember your mercies, but don't remember all my sins and my rebellions when I was young. May you remember for me the deeds worthy of your kindness. In other words, remember my mitzvot, remember my good deeds, don't remember my bad deeds. So I'm thanking you for how you helped me in my youth, but my youth shouldn't remind you of my bad deeds. My youth, my failures when I was young should not remind you of my bad deeds. They should remind you only of my good deeds, Hashem. Good and upright is Hashem. Therefore, he guides sinners on the way. He leads the humble in the just way and teaches the humble his way. So we see that humility is a very important trait. Without humility, a person will never be subservient to Hashem. Without humility, a person will never listen to Hashem. Who is Hashem that I should listen to him, said Pharaoh. Pharaoh. All the ways of Hashem are kindness and truth to those who guard his covenant and his testimonies. So it seems there is a kind of contract. If you guard his covenant and his testimony, Hashem will treat the person with kindness and truth. For your name's sake, Hashem, pardon my guilt, but it is great. So do it, if not for me, do it for yourself, Hashem, for your name's sake. Whoever is the man who fears Hashem, he will teach him the way he should choose. His soul will repose in goodness, and his offspring will inherit the land, which we're going to talk about the importance of having children, the children will inherit the land. This is the promise given to Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that their children will inherit the land of Israel. So Bezrat Hashem, a person who walks in the ways of God, his children or her children will inherit the land of Israel. Bezrat Hashem. The secret of Hashem is to those who fear him and his covenant to inform them. My eyes are constantly towards Hashem. For he will free me from the, the, the snare. Turn to me and show me favor, for I am alone and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have increased. Release me from my distress. You know, this is one of the classic Psalms where we, you know, we think about the book of Psalms. We always think about David praying, Hashem, save me from my troubles. But here it is. This is the classic line. The troubles of my heart have increased. Release me from my distress. So Hashem, David is praying to Hashem, save me from my troubles. Behold my affliction and my toil and forgive all my sins. So forgive me, help me in my physical troubles and help me from my spiritual troubles. Behold my foes, for they have become many and they hate me with unjust animosity. Protect my soul and rescue me. Let me not be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. Perfect innocence and uprightness will guard me by a hope to you. Redeem Israel, O God, from all its distress. That's a very important line. Save Israel from all their troubles. Hashem will answer us just like the answer David. And he'll save us from all our troubles. All of Israel should be saved from their troubles. So number one, David Hamelech did not compose this psalm in order to gain inspiration. But rather as a statement of his thoughts and emotions that filled his soul. That's from Samson and Paul Hirsch. He says, Le David, this psalm was written as a personal psalm in time, times of distress. David was in distress. It's not a psalm when nothing was going on and praising God and seeking inspiration. 
the psalm asking God to answer him on his days of trouble. And these are all his thoughts and emotions which filled him in times of trouble. To you, this psalm is to you, Hashem. The psalm, as well as several others, follows the alphabet, as I mentioned before, signifying the fundamental as well as the encompassing nature of its theme. According to Abu Darham, who was one of the Rishonim, one of the great rabbis at the Middle Ages, early Middle Ages, the Aleph-Bet structure symbolized that we praise God with every sound available to us. So the Aleph-Bet encompasses every single sound that we can make with our mouths. We're praising God with the whole Aleph-Bet, which is all the the sounds that we can make with our mouths. The Midrash, records that the psalmists and the sages used the alphabet formula in chapters that they wanted people to follow more easily or to memorize. In other words, if the rabbis used alphabet, they want us to memorize it according to the alphabet. It makes it easier to memorize. So this is one of the psalms that uses the alphabet to tell us how important it is that a person should try and memorize this psalm. So... So this is the redactor of David Kimchi, again, a, a famous Rishon. He says there's exceptions to this rule of bet. Number one is there is no line beginning with bet. The line which begins with Aleph, which is the second line, Elokai, my God. The second word starts with bet, Becha. So it's interesting, the word Becha in you is also... It's the letters from Bet to Chaf, which is the Kaf Bet, the 22 letters of the alphabet. The Cha is the gematria of 22. Bet Chaf, 22. I'm going to praise you with all 22 letters of the alphabet. So it's missing a line starting with Bet, but the second word in the line starting with Aleph has a Bet in it. So that's the Bet of the psalm. It has two lines starting with letter Resh. Interesting. And there's also one line which has a vav at the beginning. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. It's rather shame. Okay, so there's a, a bed is missing. We have it in the line starting with aleph. There are two ratios instead of one. Interesting. And we don't know why it's different from the other lines. Okay, so one of the answers the Redak says, it must be the David Melech wrote this ver- these verses with Ruach HaKodesh. There's no logical reason why he put two ratios in it. So it must be he wrote it with Ruach HaKodesh, and there's a symbol. Ruach HaKodesh starts with letter Resh. Maybe that's the reason why he has an extra Resh in there that tell you that it was written with the Holy Spirit. This, okay, so it was a very, it's a very important uh, uh, psalm. has a whole lot of bet. And... The Alabet is, is, uh, tells you, you, want, you have to learn it by heart. Let's try and learn the psalm by heart. We say every day, twice a day, as I mentioned. This psalm is said in pleading. So this is a, a psalm of pleading. And David says, I will lift up my soul to you. What do you mean, I will lift up my soul to you? So the rabbis explained, I lift up my soul. I depend exclusively upon you for assistance. I lift up my soul to you. You are the only one who can help me. 
Or alternatively, I offer my soul to you as a gift offering. I want to give you a, a gift that you can appreciate Hashem. And the only thing you appreciate is the spiritual gifts, not the physical gifts. The only thing I can give you as a spiritual gift is my soul, Hashem. I'm going to give you my soul to you. I'm offering it to you as a gift offering. What does that mean? I completely dedicate it to your service. I am dedicating my soul to your service, Ibn Ezra says. I direct my entire consciousness to you in prayer, Rashi says, without distraction. When I give my soul to Hashem, it's giving your mind to Hashem, which is your entire attention to Hashem. When a person prays, they should try and dedicate their soul to Hashem, which means, Rashi says, their entire concentration. Ibn Ezra says, dedicate one's personality, one's soul to Hashem, means dedicate oneself entirely to Hashem. That is the gift we can give Hashem. The only gift we can give Hashem is our soul. Alevosha, David Amel says, do not, please do not let me be ashamed. Do not let me be embarrassed. So the, uh, there's a parable over here. It's a beautiful parable. When David gives his soul to Hashem. That when a person gives a present to someone who is greater than them, it's important that the present should match the giver and the person who's receiving. It's got to be an appropriate gift. So a person's got to give a gift according to their level and according to the one who's receiving the level. So David Amir says, what can I give Hashem as a gift? There's nothing physical, tangible that you can give Hashem as a gift. The only thing I can give him, he is spiritual, he's a spiritual being, is part of himself, which is my soul. I'm going to dedicate my soul to Hashem. It's a beautiful idea. Please don't let me be embarrassed. I, I, I trust in you entirely. Malbim explains. I trust in you, Hashem, entirely in my physical aspects of life. And therefore, please do not embarrass me. And don't shame me when people see I don't have what I need. I'll get embarrassed that I trusted in you and you did not come through. And therefore, I want people to recognize you as the one who provides for me. Please don't embarrass me. So this is a very important idea, the idea that a person should have tremendous trust in God to the point where if they, things don't come through, people will say, ah, God did not come through for them. Everyone has to know that this person trusted God and he shows his trust by relying on Hashem completely. Don't let my uh, enemies make fun of me, a mockery of me, because that will become a chil Hashem. Don't cause a chil Hashem to come through me, because everyone knows I depend on you, and if you don't come through for me, it will be a terrible chil Hashem, desecration of God's name. Okay, so it's very important that a person trusts in God, should show it to other people. If he really has trust in God, he should be a banner for trust in God. You know, most of us cannot be a banner for trust in God. Who, who can say, I trust in God, but you know what? I go to work and I do this and I, I try everything else. It doesn't work like that. A person who really trusts in God will put all his, all his trust in God completely and in no one else. David says in another Psalm, don't trust in princes, Princes themselves cannot save themselves. A person should not trust in human beings. 
put one's trust in God. And the only downside to that is if Hashem does not come through to that person, because who knows why, um, then it will be a chilul Hashem. So David Abrech is praying, Hashem, please, it's for your sake. Don't make a chilul Hashem. I trust in you. And I don't want my enemies to make a mockery of me and say, you know, we trust in God. Does God does not come through for him. Okay. So then David Abrech says, please, Hashem, make known to me your ways. Teach me your paths. And Malbim explains that Derech is a path which is a public path, which everyone knows, which is the highway. Teach me your way, which is the highway of life. Teach me the highway of life. Teach me which way I should go in life. Binyans says, talking about the spiritual side of life. Teach me the path to you, Hashem. Teach me the highway of life. And it's interesting, the Ramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Zato, who lived in the 18th century in Italy at first, and then he went to Amsterdam, then he moved to Israel. And uh, he was a young man, a very righteous individual, very spiritual. He wrote the book, The Path of the Just. So just exactly what David Amelech is hinting to, Hashem, Teach me your way, your path, your path in life, the spiritual path in life. Please teach me your ways and teach me your path. So what's the between the ways and paths? Ways are the main highway and the paths are the small highways. It's a much more fine-tuning of the spiritual. So there's main spirituality and then there's fine-tuning of the spirituality. So in every single case, that's a fine-tuning of spirituality. Most people know the main path of spirituality, what to do to keep the mitzvot, keep the positive mitzvot, negative mitzvot. But it's usually in laws between man and man that Hashem throws us curveballs. It's not such an, ex- uh, an, an especially easy way to think. What should I do? How should I handle this situation? Shulchan Aruch does not talk about these situations. So there David Amirak says that's there's a way and there's a path. The way is the way of life, which is a way of spirituality, everything's written down, there's a way, there's a highway. The paths are the paths which are not traveled by everyone. There's no laws, intricate laws, which cover every single gamut of life. Hashem, you've got to help me and teach me even those small highways, byways that no one knows the laws of. I need, I need to learn even how to handle small issues which are not covered by Jewish law. So, that is a very interesting concept. The concept is main body of law, which everyone knows. And there are small minutiae, which people don't know. David Amelach says, teach me the highway and the byways as well. So there's many different examples. I will give too many examples. Please lead me in your truth. Teach me. You are the God of my salvation. In you, I have hoped all my days. And the Malbim says, you please, Hashem, you lead me, you guide me in life. As we said already, we talked about in Psalm 23, Hashem is my shepherd. Please, Hashem, you guide me in my life. You teach me the truth. And so I shouldn't make mistakes. 
And even if it, the truth has to come through prophecy and through through divine spirit, please teach me. This is what I hope all my days. So, so teach me the truth, the path. I want to go in your, your ways. My deeds should be the true deeds. And you teach me also the spirituality, the theory and the practice. And I have hoped in you all my days. You are the bottom line of my life. You are the rock of my life. You are my redeemer. As we say every day from Psalms, the book of Psalms, at the end of the Shemun Esther, we say this line twice. Hashem Tzuri Vigali, you are my rock and my redeemer. You are, over here, David Amaris says, you are the one I trust in. You are the one I hope in. You are the one who I place all my trust in. Remember your mercies, Hashem, and your kindness. For they have always been everything you gave me since I was born. You can imagine when a person is born, they're helpless. The fact that we have good parents, the fact that we are looked after, the fact that we survive, these are the mercies of Hashem. There's something which we have to acknowledge. David Amelech acknowledges, you know, it's interesting, Arizal says, if you want to get blessings from God, you have to trigger the blessings. How do we trigger blessings? And the answer is by thanking Hashem for the past, by thanking. Whenever we say a bracha of thanks, Arizal says we are triggering bracha to ourselves. The bracha of thanks is the trigger for more blessing. When you acknowledge God, Hashem says, you acknowledge me, I will give you more. And that's what David Amelech is doing. Remember your mercies, Hashem, and your kindnesses, for they have always been. In other words, remember all the mercies and the kindnesses you did for me from birth. So a person is thanking God for the kindnesses that most people don't even think about. We don't think about the kindnesses from birth, not in the context of parents, and not in the context definitely of God. So if we would think of them in terms of the context for parents, can imagine our parents, how much they struggle for us. And they, how much pain our mothers gave us, gave birth to us, raised us, changed our diapers, fed us. Uh, it's a lot of pain. If you ever seen a, a little baby being looked after, it's a lot of time and effort and energy and money spent on children. So David Amirak says, not only do I recognize my parents, I recognize my spiritual father in heaven who gave me kindness from early on. You've always been with me, Hashem. Your kindnesses have always been. Your mercy has always been with me from birth. And uh, something I have to thank you for. But nevertheless, when you remember the, the, the kindnesses to me in my youth, just don't link my sins of my youth and my rebellions. Just remember the good things I have done, not the bad things. So it's interesting. So when Hashem remembers, we're asking God to remember our youth and how he sustains us. He shouldn't remember the bad things that we did at that time. So even though a person, say, was young, they were 15 teenagers and they're doing bad things, they're rebelling against Hashem and Hashem is still sustaining them and supporting them through their youth. Hashem, I want to remember all your kindnesses, but please, you don't remember all the things I did, all the bad things that I did in my youth. So why? Because... The more kindness you did to me, the worse it is to do bad to you when you did kindness to me. It's, it's called kafui tova. It's called a person does not acknowledge uh, receipt of kindness. Very important. A person should always acknowledge kindnesses we receive from other people. We should always acknowledge it and thank, thank for it. Thank Hashem for it. And thank anyone. It's important. It's a very important. Not to be kafui tova. 
which is a person who does not acknowledge things they receive from other people. So therefore, David Abedach says, please Hashem, thank you for all the kindnesses you did to me since my youth, but please don't remember the bad things I did and, and the more kindnesses you did to me and the more bad I did, it's worse. So therefore, please don't remember the bad things I did. Please remember me only for kindness and goodness, Hashem. Only remember the good things I did, not the bad things I did. By remembering all your kindnesses, please remember all the good things that I did and not the bad things. Because otherwise it's like a rebellion against you, Hashem. And I don't want to rebel against you. Please forgive me for all my rebellions against, against you. Good and upright as Hashem. Therefore, he guides sinners on the way. So a person wants to do Teshuvah. That's what David Amalek is saying. Please, I'm doing Teshuvah. Anything I did in my, in my youth, I acknowledge all the good you did for me. Please, Hashem, you're good and upright. Guide me out of the path of sin. Lead the humble in the just way and teach the humble his way. So... So this is something which the Torah tells us right from the beginning. Um, it actually talks about Cain and heaven. And Hashem gives Musa, gives ethics to Cain from the beginning of time. And God tells Cain, If you do good, if you get better, if you do Teshuvah, say it, you will do well. So it's very important. This idea Hashem is teaching us from the beginning of time, this concept of the Shuvah through Cain, we learned this concept of repentance. And Hashem gave a long life to Cain, even when Adam sinned, Hashem gave him a thousand years of, of life. Imagine. So it's very fascinating to see that you know, a person should always appreciate what we have and always pray that Hashem should forgive us despite his kindness, we rebel. And therefore, we should always remember to ask for forgiveness for the past. Even when we were young and we did things which are wrong in God's eyes, we have to ask forgiveness all the time. And Hashem guides, guides us out, out of the path. You know, I was, uh, someone sent me a message uh, regarding the importance of Tehillim. They told me about uh, Sharansky, Anatoly Sharansky, this famous Russian refusenik, the Russian Jew who rebelled against the whole communist regime. He wanted to go to Israel. He wanted to move to Israel. And the whole communist regime was put him in jail. They were against him. They put him in solitary confinement. And later on, when he got out and he came to Israel, what a miracle. He came to Israel. His wife was fighting for her, him all the time. And he, he moved to Israel. They let him go finally. And they asked him, what was the secret of his survival in jail? And he says, a little book I had with me. And that was the book of Tehillim. So the book of Tehillim is a powerful book. The book, the praises of David, the prayers of David are the things that inspired him to survive his, his troubles in his life. And his survival is our inspiration. His book of survival is Sefer Tehillim, and that provides for us inspiration as well. So Malbim tells us, You teach the humble in the just way and teach the humble your ways, Hashem. So so what happens is this, a person knows sometimes the way, but there's, there's uh, pitfalls in the path. So David Abmerich is asking Hashem to guide him through the pitfalls of life. So what are the pitfalls of life? Physicality. 
things we need, the physical things we need sometimes can be the pitfall. A person needs this, needs that. They're too busy for the spiritual. That can be a pitfall in life. So Hashem, you lead me in the paths of kindness and truth because number one is I'm humble enough to take your, your uh, guidance. And number two is to those who guard his covenant and testimonies. I'm keep, trying to keep your mitzvot, Hashem. So in the, in, the, in the merit of the mitzvot, I'm trying to keep and keeping. Make it easy for me. Make the path of life easy for me. Make the path of life smooth sailing. Remove the pitfalls from this path. Okay. All the ways of God are kindness and truth. Again, to those who guard his covenant and testimonies. For your name's sake, Hashem, pardon my guilt, for it is great. So here we have a very important concept. So number one, the Malbun tells us, Kol orchot, all the ways, all the paths, so David Amel says, even though there are some things in life I do not understand. Malbim says, for example, why do the righteous suffer and why do the wicked prosper? These are the pitfalls in our lives, in our spiritual lives. This, the pitfalls in our spiritual lives, the pitfalls in our physical lives. These are the physical adversities, adversities we suffer in our lives. And the spiritual pitfalls in life, these are the philosophical questions that we have. So the philosophical questions that we have, that's our spiritual pitfalls in our lives. So guide me through these pitfalls. That's what David Amalek is asking. Please, Hashem, guide me through these pitfalls for your name's sake. So even though I have these questions in my mind, please guide me, please help me, please succor me to survive these pitfalls. And Laman Shem Hashem, for your name, Hashem, because you are good and you are merciful and you are kind and you forgive iniquity. So that's, and which what a good iniquity, the Radak or David Kimchi says, which iniquity is David Amelet alluding to? And we're going to talk about this in the coming classes, Bacheva, the failure he had with Bacheva, which we're going to talk about in great detail, Bezrat Hashem. Alpha B says, even though I asked you for forgiveness on my sins, my, my sins by accident, my sins on purpose. This is the one I really ask you all the time. Pardon my guilt, for it is great, David Amelach says. Pardon my guilt, for it is great. The Ibn Ezra says, Kiravu, it is great, even though it is so big. And uh, I sit with my I'm stiff neck towards you. Please forgive me. The Ramam Bipano says, Ramam Bipano is a very interesting Kabbalist. He's a very big Kabbalist. He says, Everyone knows how, that the main part of Teshuvah is the Vidui. The main part of Teshuvah is Vidui, that we should all say Vidui, which is admitting our sins. So this is a David Amelech is over here. He is admitting his sins to Hashem. And that is a very important part of this psalm. He's admitting his sins and he's asking, pleading to God for help, physical help and spiritual help. And that's why we say it twice a day. The Magid Medubna, very famous for his parables, he says, 
that when a person goes to pacify someone that is sinned to, he does everything to sort of reduce the enormity of what they did. So when I go to pacify someone, I want to reduce the enormity of what I did. And uh, however, he says, there are times where a person magnifies the deed that he did. <laughs> this is interesting. This is very fascinating. Why is David Amelak mentioning his sin? Why is he magnifying his sin? You should reduce your sin, right? A person wants to go and ask someone forgiveness, reduce the sin. Why is he magnifying his sin? And the answer is, he says, is he, he wants to contrast sin with a big debt, a big debt. The person had took a big loan, a massive loan, a big debt, and he goes to the bank and he tells the banker, he says, please, there's no way I can pay off this debt. It's just too big. I'm going to go bankrupt. Please, can you reduce the loan or can you give me a payment plan? So sometimes he says, a person who sins is going to magnify the sin. With Hashem, it's good to magnify the sin. Why? Because when you magnify the sin, you say, Hashem, I can only trust in your kindness, Hashem. All I can do, I ask for forgiveness, but even with all the forgiveness, I can only trust in your kindness. Rav Ches said, you, have, you are all kindness, your majority kindness, Hashem, please. You are the one I'm trusting in. So sometimes the, the Dunamag, it says, it's good. This is what David Amelat says. It's good sometimes to magnify the sin. So even though my iniquity is great, he says in verse 11, please, why is he stressing his iniquity is great? Because he says, Hashem, I have such a big debt. There's no way I can cover this, this payment of this debt. You are the one who's going to have to forgive it. And then he says the secret, the secret of success in life is, Whoever fears Hashem, he shall be shown what path to choose. So that is a very important idea. Whoever is the person who fears Hashem, Hashem will teach him the way, the path he should choose. And so it's fear of, of Hashem is the, the secret of success in terms of building connection to Hashem. That Hashem will show the person the path of truth in life. And what happens? <coughs> His soul will repose in goodness. So a person who's close to Hashem, Hashem is showing the way the person's soul will repose in goodness. What does that mean? Rashi says it's referring to repose in the grave. In other words, a person dies, their conscience will be clear, and their path to the world to come will be clear. And that is Keshialin Bekever, Rashi says. My soul will repose in goodness, Rashi says, in the grave. Malvin says, this is talking about the next world. The soul will live forever and have pleasure in the world to come. And the secret is, whoever fears Hashem, their soul will live forever in the world to come. With all the pleasures of the next world, which are not physical, but spiritual pleasures, pleasure of Sarikim Yashvim, the righteous sit, don't take it literally, and they get pleasure from the light, the brightness of the Shekhinah's presence, the brightness of Hashem. So, the Talmud says, one second of pleasure in the next world is equivalent to all the pleasures of this world put together. Abdesla says, if you can count all the pleasures of your life, think of all the good food you ate in your life and put them all together, 
and concentrate all that pleasure in one second, one second of bliss in the next world is greater than all the pleasures of this world put together in a split second. So David Amirach says, if I fear you, whoever fears you, you will teach that person the way, life, and then the person will get the world to come. Plus, his offspring will inherit the land. So not only will he get the world to come, his offspring will be successful in this world, in this world, in this land, in the land of Israel, what our offspring will be successful, not just in the world in general, but also live in the land of Israel, and they will also be successful and go to the world to come eventually as well. The secret of Hashem is to those who fear him and his covenant to inform them. So what is the secret to Hashem? David Kimchi, the famous Bible commentator, says, so Hashem, Hashem only reveals his secrets to those who fear him. Only those who study his Torah will learn the secrets of the Torah. But those who don't study, those who don't fear God, don't study the Torah, will not understand the secrets of Hashem. Hashem will not reveal his secrets to them. And I, Tamil Hashem, my eyes will, will always be up towards Hashem. He will take me out from the traps for my feet. He will free me from the snare. So that's the only way that we're going to survive the snares, the pitfalls of the Yetzirah Hara, the pitfalls of the evil inclination is by thinking about Hashem all the time, to raise one's eyes to Hashem all the time. That is the way of escaping the snares of the Yetzirah Hara, of the evil inclination. And that's something which we have to work on. And this way, we will avoid the snares. So uh, by, by, by clinging to Hashem, by clinging to Hashem, looking always towards Hashem, a person will remember what they're doing here in this world and will not fall for the wiles of the Yetzirah, which is every second of the day, there's a wiles of the Yetzirah. There's no shortage of confusion in this world. There's no shortage of sidetracks in this world. There's no shortage of other things going on with the family, with the in-laws, with the outlaws, with the enemies, with the people around us and with ourselves as well. Our own Yetzirah within. So Hashem, I'll raise my eyes towards you through my fear of God and you will save me from the evil inclination for the snares, physical snares and spiritual snares. Now, this is another theme. Next verse, verse 16. Turn to me and have mercy on me. David Amalek says, turn to me and have mercy on me, for I am alone and afflicted. Hashem, you are the only one I have to turn to. This is, this is one of the secrets of the King David's success. He always thought that he was alone. The truth is that he was alone. His father and mother were dead. They were killed in a very terrible tragedy we didn't talk about. They were killed by the king of Moab. You know, when David Amirak was running away from King Saul, he was worried about his parents being taken prisoner, captive by King Saul, who knows what they would do. So he sent away his parents to his relative from his great-grandmother's side, Ruth. Ruth was a Moabite woman who came from Moab, and he thought the king of Moab would take care of his parents because they were relatives, distant relatives, 
the king of Moab, sure enough, killed his parents. The king of Moab killed David's parents. But even earlier than that, so he was, he was now an orphan. But even earlier than that, his parents themselves turned against him. His brothers and sisters turned against him. They didn't think that he was one of the family. We talked about this earlier. We said Yishai was a big tzaddik, divorced his wife. He thought that he was a Moabite. He was not allowed to get married to a Jew. Divorced his wife. And then David was born because his wife switched places with a maid, whatever it was. And it was his son that she had, but he didn't know that. So he, that's why David was a shepherd, even though Yishai was a rich man. He sent his little son alone into the fields to look after the sheep with all the dangers. And this David Amerach is referring to, I am alone and afflicted. But you know what? This feeling of being alone and afflicted made David even more faith and trust in God. So I'm alone. I have no one, Hashem. All I have, Hashem, is you. And that is the key to success. A person thinks, all I have is Hashem. Hashem is an old milvador. There is no one else in this world who can help me except for you, Hashem. And this is one of the keys. So on the one side, it's very good to have family. It's very good to have people you trust. It's very good to have other people around you. On the other side, a person that would think, you know, all the people around me cannot really save me. There's no one else who can save me except you, Hashem. And inside, I am alone with you, Hashem. There's no one else who can help me. I am alone and afflicted, David Amelech says, all my troubles around me. And this is David Amelech, who has many wives, many children, uh, full of relatives. His own uh, nephews are his uh, heads of his army and his army. They're protecting him. Nevertheless, David Amelech says, Hashem, I have a personal relationship with you. And I know that no one else in the world can save me, only you. I'm alone with you, and I'm afflicted from without, from outside. All the enemies around. My deep distress increases. Deliver me from my straits. So there is, there is troubles, Malbim says, without pain. So he says two words over here. He says, save me from my troubles and the dire straits. Well, so what's the difference between there's troubles? So he says, there's troubles without straits and there's straits without troubles. Okay, so, uh, so this is Malbim. So there's troubles which are self-inflicted. What are the troubles self-inflicted? Troubles where a person is struggling and, and working hard and not happy. If they're not happy, it's self-inflicted. Self-inflicted troubles and then there's troubles from outside. So there's troubles from inside. So affliction and suffering. What is affliction and suffering? Affliction is from within. The person is not happy. And suffering is from without. And forgive all my sins because the cause of all one's suffering in this world is the wrongdoing a person did. Uh, Ebenezer explains, Re oni, see my affliction. Please save me from my desires. Our affliction is a yetzerah. The, the yetzerah is synonymous with desires, obviously desires which are not kosher. So save me from all my, see my affliction, the yetzerah is afflicting me, all my desires, and, and carry my burdens and my sins. And then he explains, see how many how many enemies I have, 
I have the Philistines around me. I have Edomites, the Edomites. I have Ammon. I have Moab. I have Aram, which is Syria. I'm surrounded by enemies. Israel is always surrounded by enemies. So King David, who is the king of Israel, is not just his personal enemies. He's talking about the state enemies. I am the king of Israel. I'm the leader of Israel. And you see my enemies around me. How numerous they are. There's millions of people around us today in Israel itself, the, the Hamas and Iran and Iraq and Syria and Lebanon and now the Houthis and the Tutis and who knows who else, who else. We're surrounded by enemies. Hashem, see how numerous our enemies are and how they hate us for no reason. Anti-Semitism, hatred for no reason. This is so topical today. So please, Hashem, Save me, save me and protect me. So, so it's interesting. People hate us for no reason. They said, here it is in Psalm, in the Psalm, and Hashem should save us and protect us. And let me not be disappointed. As we said before, we said the first few lines, Hashem, don't make a hill, Hashem. I trust in you. Don't disappoint me. Don't cause me to be a, a, a mockery of my enemies. I've sought refuge in you, Hashem. May integrity and uprightness watch over me if I look to you, Hashem. Oh God, this is the most beautiful line. You redeem Israel from all its distress. So Hashem, you should redeem us from all our troubles in his day and in our day. This, this psalm is really topical. And we should use this. We, I said we said it. We say it twice a day. Let's let's think about it. Look at the words and read it properly from the heart, and give Hashem our soul, which means pay attention to the words, and give Hashem our kavana. Okay, I want to move on to Psalm twenty-seven. Psalm twenty-seven. So I'm skipping one psalm. I'm moving on to Psalm twenty-seven. This is also a very famous psalm. I don't know if I'm going to have the time to finish it today, but we'll start anyway. It's a psalm that we say in the month of Elul. This is a very famous psalm, Psalm 27, in the month of Elul, the David Hashem Ori. The king, again, it's a psalm of David. He wrote it himself. It's a personal psalm in his times of trouble. And he says to Hashem, David, Hashem Ori, you Hashem are my light. Well, let's read it out first. A psalm of David, you Hashem are my light and my help. Who should I fear? Hashem is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread when evil men assail me to devour my flesh? It is they who will fall and stumble. Should an army besiege me, my heart would have no fear. Should war beset me, still would I be confident. Now this is the most very famous line. Hashem, one thing I ask of Hashem, that is what I ask, that is what I seek. I want to dwell in the house of God all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of Hashem and to frequent his temple. Okay, so this is something which we have to explain. What does it mean to live in the house of Hashem all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of Hashem? What does all this mean? Deep parable. He will shelter me in his pavilion on an evil day. He will grant me the protection of his tent. Raise me high upon a rock. Now is my head high over my enemies round about. 
I sacrifice at his tent with shouts of joy, singing and chanting a hymn to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Have mercy on me. Answer me. In your behalf, my heart says, seek my face, O Lord. I seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not thrust aside your servant in anger. You have ever been my help. Do not forsake me. Do not abandon me, O God, my deliverer. Though my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord will take me. And this is, this is a theme that we had before in this, this previous psalm where David Amel says, I'm alone. I have no father. I have no mother. Over here he says, my father, my mother abandoned me. Hashem will take me in. Show me your way, O Hashem. Again, similar theme. Teach me your path in life and lead me in a level path because of my watchful foes. Do not subject me to the will of my foes. For false witness and unjust accusers have appeared against me. Again, this is, you know, in his life, he had many people who were jealous of him, accusing him of different things which are not true at all. Had I not the assurance that I would enjoy the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord is the land of the living. Again, we have references to Alam Habba in this psalm. Look to the Lord, be strong and of good courage, and look to the Lord. Kabel Hashem very powerful line we say every single day in our prayers towards the end of the Shemona Estre before, uh, to, sorry, towards the end of the Shacharit, just before En Kelohenu, Kavel Hashem, trust in Hashem, Chazak V'yametz Lebecha, strengthen your hearts, V'kavel Hashem, and trust in Hashem again. Okay, so next week we will be starting off with this psalm. Join, please join me, same time, same channel. Next week, Psalm 27, a very beautiful psalm. This is the psalm that we say in the month of Elul. Ashrazim, they say all, all the way till Sukkot, 40 days. The psalm, very, very powerful psalm. We're going to talk about this next week. Please join me and tell your friends. We're going through some of the most important psalms in the book of Otili. Take care. Have a great week. Shabbat Shalom. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.